Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd love to hear from you at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and have you go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. Today is May 6th, 2016. I'm Charlie Wright, and we have the privilege and pleasure of talking for the second time, Andrew Gogarty of Newfound Research out of Boston, Massachusetts. Andrew, welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio. Thanks for having me, Charlie. So, Andrew, uh, Newfound started in 2008. They're known for their tactical investment models. They have mutual funds uh, on these tactical investment models. And you have spent 10 years, up until a couple of years ago, at Morningstar evaluating alternative strategies. And so you have left Morningstar, some would say have gone to the dark side here, with Newfound Research and looking at their alternative strategies. So give us a short back. Background of Newfound. Sure. Well, as you had mentioned, uh, Newfound Research is based in Boston. Um, our history of the firm is a little unique in that Newfound initially provided research and later sub-advisory services from our models to other investment managers and large RIAs. The firm made a strategic shift in 2013 where we be- began using these same models to build our own suite of strategies advised and offered exclusively by us. Our governing philosophy is simple. It's that in any investment process, investors care about capital preservation. So whether a strategy objective is growth, income, diversification, mitigating significant capital loss is always a primary goal. Well, it certainly is to anybody I ever talked to about money, uh, no question about it. But how to do that is, is the challenge. You guys use tactical models. Tell Tell our listeners what, how you define tactical models. Sure. Well, when many people, you know, depending on the decade or the year, tactical may be a word that's in favor or out of favor. And when many people think of tactical, they think about lots of trading. But more accurately, all a tactical or dynamic investment strategy is doing is trying to tilt a portfolio toward better return-generating assets or toward safety to protect capital during a potential downturn. I would say that every strategy, even a buy-and-hold strategy, could be considered tactical. Now, that might sound ludicrous, but just give me a moment to explain that. If, if a, an investor or an advisor says that I'm buy-and-hold, well, really what they're saying is I buy, hold, and rebalance my portfolio. Well, often that rebalancing is done on some arbitrary date rather than pursuant to a specific process. Tactical or momentum investing specifically is actually more aligned with value investing. When you think about value investing, you know the price of something today and you know your estimate of fair value. Well, what you don't know is the time frame where potentially those prices will come together. Similar to the way Newfound manages money, we know that momentum in the market exists, but we don't know how long it's going to persist or disappear. That's why having an emotional, objective process is key. So you have an emotional, objective process and that, that works basically on a momentum model. You follow the markets and or the sectors that uh, are moving upward. 
and you have indicators that tell you which ones those are, and then you have indicators that tell you that it's losing its momentum, and that's when you get out. That's correct. And when you get out, do you go to cash? Do you go to another sector or another market? Where do you go? That usually depends on the strategy. So for our equity strategies or our multi-asset income strategy, when enough sectors or asset classes are being turned off by our model, where our model is saying, this asset class has a high potential for loss, let's reduce that exposure, we will go to a defensive or a cash position. Now, in some of our strategies, like our, our liquid alternative strategy, our total return strategy, because that strategy is aiming more of an absolute return and taking the benefits of diversification, we will basically just shift allocations within that portfolio to more of like a relative value, the best of what's available. So we're leveraging the same underlying philosophy, but it's the rules of the portfolio that are different. When you think multi-asset income, you think capital preservation, risk-adjusted income. When you think total return, you're thinking more of a, a liquid alternative, more of a risk parity type fund, where you're looking for more of an absolute return style portfolio. Okay, so tell us then, uh, these tactical moves, uh, they're based typically on what, on signals like MACD and moving averages and things like that? Or are they based on patterns? What are they typically based on? Sure. So Newfound's models are based on momentum and volatility. Momentum is your typical total return momentum, something that's very common in the quantitative or rules-based strategy arena. Where newfound strategies are different is that we also layer on the volatility of the asset classes. And the reason is, is that volatility gives returns context. So if I were to give you two investments that both had a 5% return, and I'd say, Charlie, are those investments the same? Well, you wouldn't know. But if I told you the volatility of one was 50, the volatility of the other was three, well, now those two 5% returns mean something a little bit different. And by using this combination, we can, in a very robust way, leverage a single philosophy across asset classes, sectors, and ultimately investment strategy. If you think about it, just using volatility and momentum together, you don't need 30 or 40 different macro inputs to build a portfolio, and you can also leverage the same model across U.S. equities and corporate bonds and alternative asset classes and preferred because the robustness is grounded in its simplicity. Okay, but how about the situations here, Andrew, where your tactical moves momentum, okay, where there is no momentum. Well, momentum is short-lived, so it goes up a little, and then you get in because it looks like it's generated momentum, but then it comes down, and then you get out at the bottom, and then it goes back up. So momentum trades are difficult in a choppy market. How do you handle that? So we handle that in, in a few ways. First, by utilizing a consistent process and an objective process, we build trading rules around our position sizes. So if, if the signal or the decision for an asset class were to change from, say, sell to hold or you know hold to buy, we wouldn't go all in that first week. We dollar cost average in and out of our positions. And the reason being is that no investment strategy is going to be 100% right 100% of the time. 
I know that's kind of sacrilege to say when we're managing money, but that's the reality. Everybody so actually knows that, Andrew. Yeah, there's uh, you know, know we're, we're no, none of us are hundred percent accurate. No question about it. Right. Everyone knows that, but how many asset managers will actually say that? In <laughs> that's the funny part. Uh, well, so uh, good, point, we do, good point. What we do is we build our strategies to dollar cost average in and out of positions. And a classic reason for this is think about the S and P five hundred. Over the last fifty, sixty years. Every time the S&P 500 has gone down 20%, so peak to trough of 20% or greater, the time that it's taken for that to happen is actually over a year, closer to a year and a half. And so if you're a week early or a week late in starting to build or reduce your position, it really doesn't matter. What you want to capture are the very large drawdowns. Being a little bit volatile, 3% up, 3% down on a given year, that's the price you pay for being invested in the market. If you can't stomach that amount of volatility, well, you're better off not being invested in the equity market. But when you look at like a 2008 where equities were down 37, well, being down 6% just in your equity sleeve, you are starting at a much higher level to start rebuilding your equity back to zero. And what it also gives you is the ability in, say, a 2009 to start unemotionally re-engaging those risk asset classes. And it did take it did take a lot of uh, guts to do that uh, in 2009. No question about it. What time frames uh, do you look at when you open a position? Uh, you expect to be in that position for a matter of uh, three to eight weeks or three to eight months, or what's the expectation on on the length of time in, in open positions? The expectation is that we could stay in the position for years. If the momentum stays, we would rather stay in that position for years and not trade. You don't make money sitting on the sidelines. You actually make money by growing your capital. On a second note, you also can grow your capital faster if you're not rebuilding from large losses. So, you know, we could go one to two years without raising cash in our portfolio. Our factor strategy, our smart beta strategy in, over the last two years has had turnover close to zero because there really wasn't much to do. Now, when equity markets got choppy last year, we started building a cash position. Turnover for the sake of turnover does nothing for a portfolio, but turnover when it's meaningful to protect capital and also re-engage risk is how you actively manage the risk in an overall portfolio. Andrew, we need to stop for a minute, take one quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. And we'll talk about, at that time, what market conditions work best and what market conditions are most unproductive for using your strategy. Again, we're talking with Andrew Gogarty of Newfound Research out of Boston, Massachusetts. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. 
So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. And now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Andrew Gogarty of Newfound Research. After a 10-year uh, uh, experience at Morningstar evaluating alternative strategies uh, a while back, Andrew went over to uh, Newfound Research and is involved with uh, business development with the firm. So, Andrew, every uh, strategy, and you guys have a tactical strategy. There aren't all that many out there. It's a relatively new thing. And, again, you guys started in 2008 in providing research information to various uh, investment firms. And uh, you you started your... uh, mutual funds after that. So what market conditions are optimum for your strategies and what market conditions are most challenging? Sure. Well, let's let's talk about the fun stuff first, which are the optimal conditions. What you're looking for there and where momentum or trend-following strategies tend to do well is when you have a consistent trend either up or down. So if you think about the summer of 2007 and into 2008, everyone focuses on 2008. Most people talk about the fourth quarter of 2008. But momentum across the market, especially in U.S. equities, really began to deteriorate in the summer of 2007. You had heightened volatility, but you had this steady downward trend. Similarly, if you think about an equity market from, say, 2003 to 2007, what you had was relatively low volatility, and you had a strong, somewhat consistent upward trend in the market. You know, call it the, the growth graph that goes up and to the right. Now, the, the graph wasn't that big of an angle from 03 to 07, but the volatility was somewhat muted. So those would be the optimal conditions. Now, in terms of unproductive market conditions, our models don't react quickly to extreme sharp or choppy markets, either up or down. So that's why we build trading rules into our strategies to help mitigate whipsaw risk. You can't destroy or eliminate risk in a portfolio. Strategic or static portfolios virtually eliminate underperformance risk, but they fully take on the downside destruction of client capital and any accompanying emotional or asset-based decision. Our strategies take on slight underperformance risk, but we also have the ability to dramatically reduce the potential for downside capital destruction. So when an advisor is thinking about compounding client capital for the long term, the latter, or the unemotional decisions and the destruction of capital, is really what's going to keep a client away from their goals, not slight underperformance in a very strong upward-trending market. Okay, so so let's use some specific examples here. We had, uh, I don't know, a couple, three years ago, gold that peaked. And uh, looking at a chart on gold, anybody can see, it's just uh, just went straight down until uh, just a couple, three months ago uh, where it started to rise again. We had a similar thing happen with oil over the past year and a half. Were your signals able to capture those movements in the fairly earlier stages? Well, what we did capture, our strategies, um, our multi-asset strategies and our liquid alternative strategies don't 
um, invest directly in gold, so I can't comment on that sector. But with regards to oil, what you did see was the energy sector being pull, pulled out of our U.S. equity strategies. And what you also saw on the fixed income side were high yield and MLP exposures being dramatically reduced, especially in 2014, inside those portfolios. So from a derivative play, we did avoid a lot of that energy volatility. Now, our models weren't the first to step back into energy. We only recently began adding that exposure back. But again, as we talked about before, if you could mitigate 70, you know, 70, 60% of the downside, by just keeping pace on the upside, your client capital is not only going to compound at a faster rate, but it's also going to be a smoother ride for the client, which means less emotional talks with the advisor and more likely to stick with that process over time that is so extremely important for positive long-term investing. Okay. So tell us, uh, the last uh, couple of years uh, have not been uh, strong years for the U.S. stock market, and it's basically pretty much today where it was a year and a half, two years ago. So how accurate have your signals been during this, again, very challenging uh, marketplace condition uh, with uh, being, uh, you know, back and forth kind of choppy as it's been uh, going nowhere? Mm -hmm. So last year... You know, this kind of ties into, you know, the discussion about potentially what keeps you up at night. And one of the things that we struggle with is people that invest walking backwards through time. So, you know, in a, in a former life, I was an accountant, and there was always the joke or the cartoon of an accountant who basically walks backwards through life and is always looking backward even while he's moving forward. And many people this year will look at the performance of any strategy last year and say, well, you underperformed the S&P. The S&P was up, you know, 1%, a percent and a half. Well, what people don't realize is last year, the S&P 500 wasn't up 1.5%. What you had were the FANG stocks driving the entire market. You take those four stocks out, and the total return looks a lot different. And so... Last year, our equity strategies, our multi-asset income strategy, they struggled. Last year was, you know, one of those classic whipsaw volatile years. And so we were behind the S&P 500 by a few percentage points. But you turn the page and you look into what happened in January, and you have a market that went down almost 10% and in January down, you know, almost 5 our multi-asset income strategy, which invests across, across the globe, was actually up in January because we had started to build in December a significant cash position. And then you fast forward to where we are today, we have taken that cash off the table and started to reinvest in asset classes such as dividend-paying stocks, REITs, corporate bonds, a little bit of non-U.S. bonds. And we now have a portfolio that's yielding over 5%, has no cash, and is actually ahead of the S&P 500 for the year. So it's sticking to that process that allows people that have the discipline to experience the true benefit of it over time. Now, if you would have sold out last year, well, you probably would have been buying equities coming into January, and that would have been a very tough year. And then you think about what happened into February, you still had the dip and then you had this rally. Well, if you're constantly walking backwards through time, 
you're going to be investing based on what happened, not taking an objective look at, okay, where can we go from here? So, Andrew, uh, for our listeners, tell us what the FANG stocks are. So that was Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. And, you know, despite being less than, I can't remember the exact percentages, but definitely less than 20% of the S&P 500, they accounted for nearly all of the gains last year. If you were to rebuild the stock market without those four stocks in it, you would have seen a decidedly different total return last year. Yeah, and I've seen that before, and that's an excellent point. So tell us, what does Newfound Research have to offer for an investor or for an investment advisor? You have mutual funds. How is it that someone can take advantage of your research and your way of managing money, your technical, uh, tactical uh, strategies? So Newfound has a full suite of strategies covering liquid alternatives, U.S. and non-U.S. equity, uh, traditional fixed income replacements, and a multi-asset income suite. The strategies are available both in mutual fund and SMA format, and they're available across uh, many of the common UMA platforms. Um, Newfound's website, which outlines all of the objectives and the processes around these strategies, is thinknewfound.com. And advisors can also contact our investment team at 617-531-9773. Okay, thank you very much. So a question we always like to ask our guests, Andrew, what keeps you awake at night? I touched on it a little bit um, before the walking backward through time, but the, the part about that is just because the traditional 60-40 portfolio did well over the last three decades, does not mean we have the same starting dynamics today than we had, say, 30 years ago. No question so about that. what we have are expensive stocks, low yields on bonds. You contrast that with the early 1980s where we had very inexpensive stocks and very high yields. Back then, you really couldn't do much better than holding a balanced, passive portfolio of stocks and bonds. A 60-40 portfolio returned somewhere in the neighborhood of 13% annualized over the next decade in the 80s. But today, we're in the exact opposite scenario. We have overvalued stocks. We have low forward yields. Um, research affiliates, the institutional firm known for putting out top-notch research and expectations for market asset classes, is only forecasting a 1.4% return after inflation for the next 10 years. And the picture on you know, bonds isn't much better. Right now, 10-year Treasury is about 1.8% in yield. So basically, that's a 1.8% return each year for the next 10 years before inflation for the core fixed income. After inflation, that returns about zero. So any combination of just traditional stocks and bonds, whether you're growth or conservative, is expected to return close to nothing going forward. Not good news here, Andrew, but no question about it. Uh, That means people need uh, good advice and good research and good information more than ever here. Mm -hmm. The second question we always like to ask is, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Um, A recent book that I read that was very entertaining and insightful is called The Match King by Frank Partnoy. The story is of a gentleman named Ivan Kruger, who was a financier back in the 1920s and was probably one of the first Bernie Madoff type of investors. Um, What he used was off-balance sheet accounting, derivative products, 
and other tools to try and build a global empire around matches and match production. If you think back to the 1920s, electricity wasn't that common yet. Matches were used for everything. And the story is really kind of a precursor to many of the financial regulations we have today and was really a very a very powerful insight into subsequent financial scandals. Well, very interesting. So uh, that would just be a, an enjoyable thing to uh, for anybody to uh, to read, and uh, it's nonfiction. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Okay, yeah, nobody has talked about that before. The, the name and the, uh, the author again? Uh, the name of the book is The Match King, and the author is Frank Partnoy. Okay. Very good. Thank you very much. So so provide your website and contact information for our listeners here, Andrew. Sure. Our website, again, is thinknewfound.com, and the phone number is 617-531-9773. And final words for our listeners. Sure. You know, Yogi Berra once quit, the future ain't what it used to be. And kind of setting aside Yogi's core grammar, the next potential decade of returns from traditional stocks and bonds doesn't have the same runway that you saw 20 years ago with steadily declining interest rates. So generating an acceptable level of return going forward is going to require exposure to global asset classes for both capital growth and income generation. And what's going to be paramount in that type of environment is having a holistic, unemotional, risk-managed framework to add these classes, these asset classes, to a client portfolio. Okay, thank you very much. And, you know, I meant to, uh, to, to add their research affiliates' um, views on moving forward with the market at uh, under 2% annual growth after inflation. That's very close to Jack Bogle, who has always been a perennial bull, the head and founder of... Uh, famous mutual fund family, uh, he said that he sees zero to marginal returns over the coming 10 years from the U.S. stock market. And that's not going to be 2% per year, uh, you know, uh, level. It's going to be up, you know, 8%, down 14%, up 4%, down 6%, that kind of thing. So uh, no question about it. We all need to look at more than just buy and hold. So, Andrew, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. And uh, our best wishes to you and Newfound Research, and we appreciate you being on with us. Thank you, Charlie. So again, we've been talking with Andrew Gogarty of Newfound Research out of Boston, Massachusetts. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. And we'd love to hear from you at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website, strategicinvestorradio.com, to hear podcasts of any and all of our previous shows. This is Charlie Wright wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science.